in the haunted Garden View Studios in Albany, New York. I'm Bobby Pape, and this show has everything. It's Halloween week. It's spooky. It's frightening. And we're talking monsters, our favorite monsters, the ones that scarred us, and apparently something I didn't add anything to on the run sheet, vampires. Why so sexy? (laughs) All that and more in a moment. Joining me for this very important Halloween conversation, it's a spooktacular Featuring many of my favorite hosts, co-hosts, in the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota. It's Anne. Don't at me, Fundholm. Good evening, Anne. I'm raging. All the time, I'm raging. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have funny ones for the rest of you. In the Middle-Aged Bomber Studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary the H-Bomb, Livingston Butler. Good evening, Hillary. Good evening. It is, I'm going to say it, and because I can only say it for a few more days, it's spooky Halloween time. My kids are already over it, so I'm just letting everybody else hear it. We're also recording on birthday Eve. Yes. Yes. Oh, the most hallowed Eve. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything spookier than being a middle-aged momish oh type? God, I don't no, know. No, no, there shouldn't be. Uh, and in the... Um, Hot and spooky studios in Limwood, Washington. It's the nice lady, Christy Wise. Good evening, Christy. Hello. Hot and spooky, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's spooky Halloween time, of course. It is. It's and Christy has, Christy has spooky uh, nails right now because I just saw her. Ooh. She has spooky nails. Yeah, yeah More do. on that in a minute in Small Talk. We'll also do our mailbag, your last week's question of the week responses, of course. Medium Talk, the monsters at the end of this podcast followed by Tishi Recommends and how you can get involved with this here show. In Small Talk, Hillary, lay it on us. All right. Wait, 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 wait. Let's just do this. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Yay! <laughs> I, we, I, we are a Stevie Wonder loving podcast. Yes, so. yes. I love I it. I was staying You're quiet like... so that we could make that a ringtone jingle. <laughs> I was dancing silently. I was like doing the like ASL, like shaking my hands, like, yay, yay. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, interpreting your applause in multiple languages. <laughs> I was trying to honor the song. <laughs> yes, it is birthday Eve. Um, as we were recording this, tomorrow is my birthday. I'm excited. It is like, so, this is how I feel about my birthday. Obviously, I love it, and I it makes me excited. But then I kind of get, like, pre-exhausted by, like, I love talking to my family and friends. But it can be a little bit overwhelming. Like, I've set it up to be overwhelming, and then I'm <laughs> overwhelmed. So it's a lot. But, um I have a fun weekend planned. I'm going to dinner tomorrow night with one of my friends. And then Friday, I'm going to dinner with my husband. And then Saturday is like the neighborhood Halloween party, which is actually fun because um, it's like basically parents drinking and kids like roaming. It's 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 best when it is actually on Halloween because you can just like kill two birds with one stone or whatever PETA wants me to say with that. Um, but this, it's like kind of elongates <laughs> Halloween, but it's, you know, parents it's, walk around. It's kill two birds. This is what PETA wants you to say. <laughs> kill two birds. Murder the yes. birds. In, in honor of Mike Frizzell, I'll say it kills two birds with one scone. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, so whatever. It's fun. It's like just parents drinking and kids walking around in their costumes and like doing mummy races. They're always like, parents, you need to volunteer for an activity by your house. And I'm like, I, this is as what I've learned as a parent. 
is to never volunteer for anything and nobody will ask you again. Mm -hmm. And then you just attend and you're like the fun party guest, but you don't actually have to supply toilet paper for mummy races or whatever they do. So anyway, that'll be fun. It'll be a power packed weekend. Yeah. I I think not just for more than just parents in general, but, but volunteering in general is once you agree to help once they know they've found a sucker. And you'll never get any peace. Like, the more you help, the more you get asked, which is Mm -hmm. not how it should work. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really try to be somewhat of an altruistic person in life. Like, I want to help people or whatever. But I'm also incredibly lazy. And I just don't enjoy, like, spending my time like that sometimes. Uh, And for stuff like this, one, I'm not crafty, and as we all know. But I just, it's a lot of effort for kind of. BS. And there are people that are just better at it. And yes, I don't want to be called upon to volunteer. There was Bridget's second grade year. One of the moms in the class said, hey, do you want to be co-room parent with me? And there's a part of me that's such the people pleaser that said, wanted to be like, oh, yeah, sure. And But I was like, dig deep, Hillary. Know yourself. <laughs> and I just looked at her and I said, no, no, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just said no. I was like, there's no excuses. I just no, I'm not interested in this. You just so. looked at her and flatly said no, no. <laughs> and walked away just turned on your heel <laughs> no goodbye i know they asked for book fair volunteers that's the only one that i'd be vaguely interested in but also no i'm not gonna and yeah for some reason in the hallway of that school there's just a cloud the shape of hillary yes. <laughs> like <laughs> and like vapor over there um but yes my birthday should be fun 44 i don't know why 44 is actually sort of appealing to me as a number because i'm weird like that I don't know. Because it's a multiple of 11. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And we're such dorks. You and I are like uh, two sides of the same coin. I swear to God. (laughs) Can I go now? (laughs) (laughs) Not until we hear about your favorite monsters. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I wanted to do a brief recap because I was not on last week because I went to, what is it, the Emerald City? Uh, the city of Seattle, and it was never sort of, heard of it. I know, gross, disgusting. <laughs> it was just a fun little birthday. Rains trip. a lot, right? It does, but you know what? Um, I luckily my presence there brought the rain, which was good this time because mm-hmm. it had like right up until honestly, like I landed the um air quality was really terrible. Like I think they said it was the worst in the world uh, for a couple yeah. of days. Mm-hmm. Um. So when I landed, it kind of started misting a little bit. And the next few days, it wasn't fully rainy. Like, it wasn't pouring or anything. It just was – it had cooled down and there was precipitation. So um, it was actually lovely when I was there. It was cool, but I brought a jacket. I was prepared. Um, I got to see all my friends. Uh, Christy and I – I'm trying to think. On Friday night, Christy, Phyllis, Jeremy, Will – and I went to dinner, and that was lovely. And then on Saturday, was it Saturday? Gosh, I don't know. My days are blending together. Christy and I went with Will to the Museum of Pop Culture because I had never been. I went when it was like the Experience Music Project, but I had never gone um, as as it stands now. And it was really fun. We I thought we had a really – I thought it was really cool. There was a lot of different kind of stuff there. I thought it was really neat. Um, they had a um, – like a, an exhibition of Ruth Carter's um, costume. She's a costume designer, largely for Spike Lee, but she did um, Black Panther. And so they had a lot oh, of very her cool. stuff. It was really, really mm-hmm. neat. Obviously, there was stuff about Pearl Jam. And I like <laughs> Pearl Jam was like my favorite grunge band, even though they weren't that grungy. But I loved them when I was 
13 years old, so that was neat. Anyway, it was really fun. We went to lunch after. Then I met Christy and Colleen and Phyllis for brunch on Sunday, um, which was also very fun. I got a little tipsy by myself at brunch on Friday. I went to the big Nordstrom, bought some new shoes. <laughs> it was a great weekend. It was a very, like, me weekend, and I had a great time. So thank you, Christy, for indulging all of my my wishes. I had a I had a blast. No, it was fun. Oh, I also went on a boat ride with Phyllis and Will, and that was really fun. And actually, it ended up being a really beautiful day. Like, it was kind of cruddy earlier when Christy and I and Will went to the um, museum. But then when we went on the boat, it turned out to be, like, a pretty day. And as y'all saw from the pictures, we had a lot of cheese. <laughs> we had, a pe- like, a salsa that Will brought that I was like, I'm not interested in that salsa. Like, I like spicy stuff, but ghost it pepper salsa ghost is ghost pepper. Why? No, just why? No, no. Why? I don't know. Seems excessive. I know. Like, can it's you just a it? reminder that Will's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> of course he would bring no, ghost it's, peppers. It's a reminder that Will has an asshole. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> R.I.P. <Ugh. laughs> um, no, but that was cool and I got to... I haven't obviously seen Seattle from that vantage point and Phyllis and Will, you know, showed me Fremont and just all the stuff around there. And they used to kind of both live around there at separate times. And Phyllis showed me market time where she used to work. Anyway, it was really cool. It was just a cool low key journey too. And I saw Gasworks Park from there and I was like, oh yeah, that's where we had the LRB, (laughs) the first LRB picnic I went to. Uh I know. So I have a question. Did, um, did you, did they take you by the Sleepless in Seattle house? No. And see, this is Rude. why I need you because I was like, where is it? I mean, I think I, Phyllis might have known. I would doubt Will would be like, it's right over oh, there. Yeah, no, no. Um, but I, I should have pressed that a little bit more. But And it was nice to be with somebody who like Phyllis and I could just sit there and drink wine. And we're like, Will, steer the boat. Yeah. <laughs> It's perfect. <laughs> I'm not going to steer the boat. I don't know He's how to like do your this. Uber driver of the <laughs> boat. Totally is. He's my like gondola. What are they called? Gondolier. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So it was really fun. It was a good, it was a good little trip and I'm, I'm glad I took it. I like that city a lot. A lot, a lot. Um, anyway, that's it. That's my summation. It's all about Hillary this mm-hmm. week. Apparently I'll get over it. I promise. I mean, let's be real. It's going to be all about Hillary. It's <laughs> coming <laughs> week too. Yes. You gotta make it count. Um, yeah, exactly. Forty-four, baby. Eleven, 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 mm-hmm. eleven. Mm-hmm. It's a good. It's a good number. It is. I agree. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, now you can't say that you're in your early forties anymore. I know. Now you have to say mid forties. I can't get away. There's a there's a guy I work with who also has my birthday, and I asked him. Last Jay. Week, yeah, Jay. Fuck him. <laughs> and I asked him what year he was born. He was like 1988. I'm like, cool. You're a cool 10 years younger than I am. And he <laughs> came over to me today, like, what are you doing? What's your plans? And I was like, I don't know. It's gonna be whatever. And he said, I'm not. I'm no longer in my early 30s. And I'm like, fuck off. Shut up. <laughs> Fucking Jay. <laughs> fuck Jay. You uh, just wait, Jay. Yes. It gets worse. He's balding, though. So <laughs> <laughs> I know he'll never listen to this, so yes, yep. he's balding. Uh-huh. He's also rich, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that many zeros on a paycheck can buy a lot of hair plugs. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay, let's move on from this discussion and head to the mailbag. Yes. Uh, we got a couple of great... Um, 
um, um, oh, there's a 45-year-old brain in action. We had a couple <laughs> of great voicemails. One from our – did we decide he's our correspondent at large? Ted? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, we just good. unpacked the wax cylinders, and I've got them loaded up here. Okay, good. Thanks. Uh, so let's hear what Ted had to say yeah. this week. Hey, Keith. It's Ted from Chicago. Uh, I'm really sorry. I know. It's uh, – it's Tuesday, and um, I'm just getting around to the show. I'm really, really sorry about that. But anyways, um, and unit conversion. I love unit conversion. That was my favorite part, engineering classes and all that. You got to just convert units off the yin-yang, especially between English and metric. It was great. It's something I I really enjoyed doing. Um, I wonder, was that the actual problem? Was it was it English tons to metric tons? 10% difference? And that's why nobody noticed? Because it was like, oh, it's a little bit different, but not too much? Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I That was a great thing that you found the flaw. Because I, I, I was a coder. Am a coder. Sort of. <laughs> and so, yeah. Software, there's a literal crap ton of problems. Go look at the Ariane 5 debut launch. That was a that was a classic coding problem that blew up a rocket, you know, right on the you know, right off the launch pad. That was a, that's a great one. Um, anyways, um, congratulations for finding that for that unit conversion problem. Man, those those I can't believe no one found it, but it's probably just small enough, the 10% difference, you know, to to not be super obvious and it just sat there the whole time and lord knows how many people have used that package and gotten bad data uh well anyways that just really uh really clicked with me um but well done i mean you, you stuck to your guns man because man i know it bothers me when you know women in math engineering get so much shit you know so everybody thinks oh boy and it's like man no you were right <laughs> Anyways, um, sorry, I'm going on and on. So my mic just stopped recording. I don't know what the hell is going on. And I don't know, I'm just doing it on my phone, so I can't edit these in together. But anyways, um, well done. Good job. My own failure is just quit talking so much and listen. And anyways, last thing, just a note for Bobby. Uh, you should have gone with this show has most everything. See you later. Uh, so basically, uh, this voicemail is for me and me alone, and now Ted and I are going to have a conversation, Ted. It was so much worse than that. It was so much worse than doing a misconversion between uh, U.S. tons and metric tons. Uh, it, in real life, everybody's going to love this. Listen up, Ted, to what Ted knows. One metric ton is about 1.1 U.S. tons. What was hard-coded into the IBM software was one metric ton is 1,000 U.S. tons. They were off by almost a factor of 1,000, and nobody noticed before me. Oh, my God. Right? I was really thinking, because sometimes when you find an error and you're like, surely I can't be the first person to notice this. Like, surely. I think I'm smart, but I feel like there are other (laughs) smart people that are looking at this 
and I can't be the first person. Well, it's so obviously that somebody was like, uh, it like um, grams to kilograms or meters to kilometers. It's just it's a thousand of ones. So a metric ton must be a thousand U.S. tons. No, no, no. Um, so yeah, thanks, Ted. I'm super proud of myself. I really yes. appreciate the uh, props for that. And Ted's, um, his, his own worst personality floor. He said he needs to talk less and listen more, but I think that's a pretty common flaw. I think. Uh, yeah. Talk think... less, smile more. Mm-hmm. As Aaron Burr said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, I think you I think you're fine. Yeah. Just the way you are. Uh, and then uh, our other correspondent, I guess our on-the-road correspondent. <laughs> yeah, he's the mm-hmm. Charles Corralt of our show. Hopefully he's also without a second family. family. <laughs> I know, I was like, wait, didn't we have a second family? <laughs> We're such fucking nerds that we all know that Charles Corralt had a second family. <laughs> I think we're all fucking nerds that we knew who Charles Corralt is, was. Oh boy! All right. Well, so Jeremy had some some updates and thoughts given our our recent shows. Hey, Tishi friendos! I was just listening. Oh, this is Jeremy, by the way. I was just listening to the last episode and had some listener feedback. Uh, number one, I just wanted to let you guys know uh, just a quick update on Bravo's hit reality TV show Below Deck. Well, first of all, Anne, let me just say that. Uh, below deck is a common boating term. It's in the boating vernacular and it is a catch all. Uh, it is implied in the, uh, term that it includes all multiple decks. Um, if there are multiple decks. So, um, wanted to share that real quick. Also, um, regarding below deck, there is some exciting news happening. So at BravoCon recently, they announced not only a new season of um, just old school below deck, not even Mediterranean old school below deck, but also, um, a new, a whole new series called below deck adventures or extreme below deck something. And it's in like the Arctic circle or something. So they're like expedition yachting, I guess, which should be very exciting. Um, there's also going to be a new season of, uh, below Deck Down Under, which will be very exciting. I think I heard that um, Toomey is going to be the Chief Stew, which will be great. Um, I think Chef Rachel is going to return, which is great. We haven't seen her in a while. Um, extremely talented chef and just, uh, just a fun person to um, watch as long as she doesn't start drinking. That's when things really go south. Um, and when you said the thing about lipstick on a pig... It reminded me, um, uh, I, one time in high school decided that I wanted to start wearing lipstick. So I got some like black lipstick and I put it on and I guess I ha- must have like a small mouth and the black just really, really accentuated the smallness of my mouth. It was like this little tiny black circle in the middle of my face. Um, and so I opted out and decided to, um, not, wear lipstick anymore um bobby you were talking about weight gain um over covid and all that stuff uh i heard a funny a funny uh way of saying that you can refer to it as the covid19 which is uh pretty funny um 
And then lastly, in terms of personality traits, I have, I have one that is, uh, really jumped out at me. And that is the person that, that leaves their car, treats the gas pump like it's a parking spot. It's not a goddamn parking spot. You go there, you pump your gas. If you want to go inside, go park somewhere. It's just so inconsiderate. You see people lining up with all these cars that are just sitting there with nobody in them because you wanted to go get your fucking Red Bull or whatever. So I don't know. Um, that that's obviously I have other personality traits that bother me, but that's definitely the big one that I wanted to share. So, uh, love you guys and, uh, hope, hope you're doing well. I don't know. Uh, power out. Christy, he didn't go to BravoCon. No, to see the below deck people. We wish. It's so I was just though. I, w- no I was way. just picturing like a thousand women there to see the Real Housewives and then Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's lots of gay men there. Yeah, uh, yes. true, true. Okay, yeah. yep. That, we have fine. watched a couple of the um, because the Peacock streaming, whatever it is, um, has a couple of the um, what are they called panels? So we have watched the the one that they've posted about the Blow Deck panel. From BravoCon, which was, wow. Just wow. He's like become, he's become, you guys have become like people who are really into fish that like get the bootlegs or whatever. You're like, I want to find the like Japan concert. Yeah. Um, I mean. Christy, who's this? Kind of. This captain I'm supposed to, Australia? Oh. You keep telling me. Captain Jason. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> oh, okay, under. okay. I see Captain Jason. Do we like Captain Jason? Yeah. Oh, here's his Instagram. He's, he's great. His accent is amazing. He takes his shirt off a lot. Um, <laughs> he's an Instagram captain. <laughs> he's an Instagram captain. I heard that um, at BravoCon, there was a huge line because you know they just like comic-con where you can like get your picture taken with people and autographs and he, when he saw how many people were in line for him he cried so we gotta love him oh <laughs> i would cry too if i saw cried people. because he was so moved that people loved him or cried because of all the work he was gonna have to yeah, do yeah like he got carpal tunnel just looking at the autograph <laughs> no because he was like moved by it oh, he's okay. a new so he's only had one season so we haven't learned any bad things about him yet, mm, but yeah, I'm sure. There's I'm sure. I'm sure they're there. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, well, my Google image search results are never going to be the same. <laughs> <laughs> Did you look up Captain Jason shirtless? I looked up I Captain Jason. You. The shirtless part just showed up on its own. <laughs> shirtless. Just okay. appeared. Looking. The fourth result looking, was shirtless. I didn't looking. have to ask. Image. Okay, I guess I have to hear it with the accent to know mm-hmm. how I really feel mm-hmm. about it. Yep. You're going to have to hear his chest with its accent? Yes. But now there's a picture <laughs> of Captain Lee shirtless in swim trunks mixed in here. And I'm yeah, like, you don't need this. Do, do that. Do, well, do these captains all just work out all the time? Steroids. Mm, steroids. Yeah. 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 This is drifting quickly because I scrolled too far and now I've got Captain America shirtless. <laughs> I've got Jason Isaacs as Captain Hook and Peter Pan shirtless. <laughs> oh, wow. 
All right, wait, where, where's the run sheet? Okay, let's get back to this. Uh, uh, okay. We're scrolling down ranks quickly because I just got Wesley Crusher. <laughs> Keep going. Abort, abort, abort. Uh, as to Jeremy's next point on putting lipsticks on pigs, his um, ill-fated short experiment with wearing black lipstick. Did Jeremy have a goth phase, Christy? Or was this black high school black lipstick phase it? I think that's it. I mean, he did go through a, a Shakespeare pants. Um, he went through only wearing what are um, Shakespeare pants like coveralls. Oh, they're exactly what you think. Like the thing people would wear to be in a Shakespeare play, like a those pillowy <laughs> pants. Um, oh, they're pantaloons! Like, they're like period, period vintage parachute pants. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. He, he wore full on coveralls, like you would wear if you're a mechanic, because mm-hmm. then he thought less laundry. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, but I I only know about the the black lipstick being a thing. I don't know well, why when he described him as it, like a, a, it as accentuating his small mouth, it really made me laugh for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, first he started that story saying I decided to wear lipstick in high school, and I was like, like pink lipstick. <laughs> I mean, you go, but then black lipstick took it in a whole different direction. Well, I let's think. also remember he was homeschooled, so yeah. Oh, so this is not like him walking around the halls. It's yeah, him he, at the other at the meeting for other homeschool kids. Right. Right. <laughs> and like sometimes banned. Okay. Okay. I'm getting a good picture. Oh. Wait, what instrument did he play? Um baritone sax. Now see that's a problem if you're going to do black lipstick, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I I mean I think like tuba or baritone horn would be even worse but saxophone mm. is not great with black did it all over that mouthpiece yeah mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. i wonder if he would have gone to actual high school if you wouldn't have had these crazy phases because you know there's a little bit of shame that happens a little yeah. bit of shaming that's um, true and he, don't he had to go no, to bullying but right he had no peer circle to help him navigate through these experimentation phases. Right. Well, I think they're great. And he Me turned too. into a, a lovely adult. So. Yes, he did. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, finally, this is the thing that I really wanted to talk about that Jeremy brought up, that the thing that enrages him who is people who park at the pump and then go inside to the convenience store and do their business and how totally inconsiderate they are. They are. Guys, I, I always park at the pump. I know, I, I fill up, too. and then mm-hmm. I go in, and then the days before it was always credit card, then then you pay. You well, leave yeah. it at the pump, and then you pay. And then if you're going to grab something, if you're going to grab a Diet Coke from the fountain, you do that too. I didn't realize that this was a bad thing. Well, you, do you still do that even though you pay outside? Yeah. Oh. I, I mean, pay for my gas, and then if I want something, I just go in and get it. If I- there is a line waiting... I will move my car, but if there's oh, yeah, no one never... waiting for a pump, yeah. then whatever. I mean, I do the, <clears throat> I try to do the thing where, you know, where you do the pump where you set it and it's going and then I run in to get my Diet Dr. Pepper or whatever and I try to beat it out, but then there's always somebody, there's a, it's always somebody getting lottery tickets in front of me and it has to be like this detailed thing and I'm like, I just want my Diet Dr. Pepper, <laughs> that's all I want because I want to beat it out before the gas is done, but... 
Yeah, I do it too. Unless no, I'm, I, unless I'm, like, if I'm getting gas, if I'm not getting gas, I will park oh, in a parking space. Oh, of course. Space. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you pull into a parking spot yes, if course. you're not getting gas. Yeah. But I don't see the problem. I think, I thought he was more saying the people who are not getting gas. That's how no. I interpreted it. No, no, no. He, okay. it's because you're taking up a gas pump that could be, and there are um, parking spots for just going in. Yeah, but well, that's inefficient. He finds it rude. <laughs> mm. well, I mean, you know, I guess so, because really there's only one gas station for 50 miles, so people don't have any other option if yeah. their gas station is, is full yeah. at the pump. Yeah. Well, when he, when he comes back on to detail his, his mini varied road trip, we're going to have to drill down yeah. on this. I just don't see it as rude as long as you're not hanging around in the convenience store. You just go do your thing and you come back and then you leave. Yeah, that's how I feel. Here's I an so. interesting side note. You mentioned the gas pump thing where you leave it going while you run into the store. Yeah. For the last 12 years until I think very recently, those were illegal in New York State. Really? Yeah, I, I would never do that. So almost every gas pump in New York, you have to hold it. And they yell, like, you can get in trouble if you uh, maybe, not that I would ever try this, wedge your gas cap into the handle so that you don't have to stand there. You've heard. I've heard that people might try that. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But yeah, just in the last, I think, less than a year, people, I think the clips have come back, maybe. But yeah, so Massachusetts, New York, like, an advantage of buying gas in Massachusetts is you don't have to stand there and hold it. Uh, um, I, I filled up the other day and we do have the clips where you can walk away. And so I do it and I, um, then that's when I clean out my car, you know, yes. throw away all the garbage, the garbage. And when the pump was done, it ejected the <laughs> oh pump out of the car. I've never seen that happen before. And then it was just like covered in gas. Oh. <laughs> like pick it up. Yeah. Gross. That sounds like the auto shutoff didn't work properly. Something, yes. yeah. something happened. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah, okay. Got to be careful at the end there where you make a mess everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows that. Uh, thank you, Jeremy. I think there's a lot of meat on that topic that I'm sure you'll have other thoughts about, but maybe we'll come back to it some other time. Uh, and let's go on to other answers for last week's question of the week about what your pers- worst personality flaw is and how it is activated. We had some great answers, as usual, on the Facebook group. Laura says, definitely being passive aggressive, triggered by people talking openly about social stuff to which I wasn't invited, among other things. I actively work on it because it sucks. What jackasses are talking in front of you about things you weren't invited to? (laughs) So rude. We're going to an amazing party and you're not invited. Uh, Lane says, I can be very impatient with and often dismissive of people that I think are stupid or are asking stupid questions. <laughs> Lane, this is, this is very real to me. Either because they can figure it out themselves or have it asked me to, the same thing many times before. It can be triggered at home. Why are you asking me this for the fifth time where something is stored when it's in an obvious place or work? I have explained this to you five times already. Why do I have to do it again? (laughs) I should also add, I have a hard time concealing my you're a dumbass face tone. 
I was at the end of my rope with one particularly clueless and annoying dude at work earlier this year, so I just made a comprehensive dynamic (laughs) reference doc for him with things he should know and kept emailing me about. I update it with each new question he should already have the answer to and reply to his questions with something to the effect of, the answer to your question is in this document with link and is always a good first resources for questions of this nature. It's a tad passive aggressive, <laughs> but under the guise of creating valuable company resources. I Lane, my only note here, can you name this file things you should know? <laughs> and then just point them to the file called things you should know. Here you go. Yep. Because that's what I would do in my fantasy. I mean, I like <laughs> applaud you, but also what irritates me about that, not you, Lane, but the fact that you had to like put the work in. To, right. Yep. You know. Yep. Like deal with this dumbass because then he gets handed on a platter. It does, uh, you know, in the long run, give you less work, but it sucks in the short run. You're like, okay, I have to go develop well, this document. I'm totally convinced there's a type of, of person that practices this on purpose. Oh, yeah. Because they know if they act helpless, then other people Mm -hmm. will do it for them. What is that called? Weaponized incompetence. Incompetence. Yes. (laughs) Yep. And these are people I know are not incompetent. I know they're smart. That's going to be the title of the autobiography of some of the people I've worked with through the years. (laughs) Weaponized incompetence. (laughs) A lot of men in household situations. (laughs) Gosh, I don't know how to do this. It's yeah. just so hard. <laughs> it hurts my brain. I actually, like, sometimes I want to have weaponized incompetence because there's things at work I don't want to do. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how to do that. And I find that nobody is ever like, okay, then I'll just do it for you. Everybody's like, well, no, you have to figure it out. I'm like, but I don't want to figure it out. I just don't <laughs> right. want to do it. <laughs> Damn it. Why can't I be just dumb and blonde? When Man. I was a kid, I got accused of breaking dishes so that I could get out of doing dishes. <laughs> it's like, God, I'm breaking dishes because I'm clumsy. Don't get mad at me. My my brother Carl, when he was in his short, very short phase of having to do the dishes after I went to college, not that I hold a grudge over how long I had to do the dishes, but one of the chores was at the end of you know, the cleanup, you take the trash down to the trash can, and he just would not do it. And my mom hated it. You know, it's part of the whole thing. And she tried talking to him, tried yelling at him. She tried like bribing him or I guess penalizing him monetarily every time he forgot to do it. And one time I was like, Carl, why don't you just take the trash on? It's not that big of a deal. And he's like, yeah, but I don't want her to think that she can tell me to do things and then I'll just do it reliably. What? I know. (laughs) See? Right? (laughs) There you go. Right. My own brother. It lives in my house. <laughs> and that's the thing is, what do they say? He said the quiet part out loud. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's what people think. And they keep it to themselves. But he yeah. said it out loud. Yeah. I will say he grew out of that face. So Good. he's a Good. he's a wonderful. Will his wife say the same? I think so. I'll have to text her and see. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, moving on. Ken says, not sure this is a personality flaw, but I have a lot of trouble sleeping. Currently been up for 48 hours. Hopefully oh, I will sleep tonight. Yeah. I only take trazodone and need to practice better sleep hygiene. I wish I had Christy Wise's superpower. Is that sleeping on airplanes? 
sleeping anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, Ken, this is not a personality flaw, you no, poor bastard. No, I know. <laughs> I think you're like speaking through your sleepiness and you're like, right. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, my personality flaw. maybe you get kind of hulky because you've been up for 48 hours. Yeah, but that's seriously. not a personality flaw. Um, ever since COVID, I have secondary insomnia, so I can fall asleep anywhere. I cannot stay asleep. Oh, that's a bummer. Mm. It's the worst because you Ugh. get that little nip, like an appetizer of Ugh. sleep, and then mm-hmm. nothing. Oh, mm. I hate it. I hate that's it. A bad mm. one. I'm sorry. Uh, Anne says, one, there are probably too many things I will die mad about that I should let go. <laughs> this is extra amplified if someone has been inconsiderate and is not in any way remorseful. Two, I hate when someone asks me a question and they respond, really? I don't make shit up. And if I don't know, I'll say so. You brought it up. Three, I uncharitably, I know, I know, think there is something wrong with people who don't appreciate wool. I could go on. I love three. I was like, I saw the response to three. There was a gene, I think, responded and said, I, wool is wonderful. And I was like, wait, I don't understand the context of this. What? But no, sometimes wool happy. clothing is scratchy. Yeah. That's what I don't like. And, you know, get some nice soft wool. I'm all about that. But the scratchy stuff can take a hike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jessica says, I'm like, Anne. don't ask for my opinion if you aren't going to do what I say, because my ideas are the best and I can solve all the world's problems. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've thought the logic through. Yep. This is the inevitable conclusion that I've arrived at. And if you reject it, you're just rejecting logic. And that offends me. I do. Um, <clears throat> that is sort of uh, something that I hate. And I tried to nip it in the bud when I was a teenager. But I definitely had friends that would ask for advice. And I think they were just like ruminating on their... Mm-hmm. They just want to talk about their problems, but they don't really want anybody's advice. And I would earnestly try to give advice. And obviously, they would never take it. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not. I'm just going to like listen. I'm not giving any advice because this is not what you're looking at me for. Yeah, I I think people are looking for affirmation that what they really want to do is the thing that they should do. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, And finally, Ken comes back (laughs) with an attempt at an actual personality flaw. He says, I can be loud and talk too much. Silence bothers me, so I try to fill the void sometimes. Holla. (laughs) Holla at your girl. I wish I could live in the silence. I really do. And like when I'm having an argument with somebody, I really wish that I could be quiet and listen. Well, actually, what I really wish I could do, what I'm trying to train myself to do is like, if I'm, especially if I'm having like a political argument with somebody, instead of screaming at them, which is what like my tendency is, or just, you know, what I, my soul wants to do is do the thing where you just ask questions. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I can never be level-headed enough when I'm kind of seeing red. I just want to scream and when you ask questions that makes people have to answer for what their stupid beliefs are um and i wish i could do that and i don't and that's a bad part of me i don't know if it's a bad part of you it's just a part of you it's just a thing why don't you think women should have the right to choose please tell me tell me exactly (laughs) tell me why i am interested right now how long we could just be quiet all right do you want me to count us down? No, I can't do it. What if I just um, ended the Zoom call? 
Yeah, we can we can play this game at the end of the show. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I oh, no, I, did, I didn't mean as a contest. I meant as a group project. So, like, <laughs> oh God. Oh, how long can we keep Hillary from needing to fill know, the space? I'm like, uh, I'm like Beaker or one of those that does like me memes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> anyway, all right. Thank you for all those contributions, everybody. Let's move on to some medium talk, which I called The Monster at the End of This Podcast. I love that book, that Grover book. Yes. Monster mm-hmm. at the End of This Book. It's one of the classics. But uh, this is a Halloween time, spooky Halloween spooky time. Spooky Halloween time. <laughs> this episode is going to drop on Halloween. So let's talk about monsters. Ooh. I don't know. It doesn't have to be that uh deep or anything but i just like shotgunned a few questions i don't think shotgun is the correct way to phrase that but (laughs) tossed a few uh questions uh, topics for discussion up on the board and we'll we'll see if there's anything there so let's let's just talk about our, our favorite monsters and i said no ironic answers we're not saying man is the biggest monster of them all no no, we are not doing that. We are talking about monster monsters. In Pollution. Fun... Right. <laughs> People's inability to accept responsibility for their action is the real monster if you think about it. Uh, obviously, the one word answer is capitalism. <laughs> of course, always. Right, right, right. Um, so, Bobby, why don't you start? You have some intriguing answers here yeah well, zero zero ultra white because it's in the it's the zero calorie monster and it burns a little when you drink it but it tastes kind of like smarties i'm sorry no ironic <laughs> answers <laughs> okay then um audrey two the plant from oh, little yeah. shop of horrors yep. Surprisingly yep. scary. I just I didn't right? rewatch it, but I watched a reaction video on YouTube of somebody that was watching it for the first time. And so, you know, they show clips along the way and I was like, "Damn, this was a darker movie than I remembered." <laughs> it totally. is. It it's is. It's grisly. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh and the original ending is when everybody's eaten by the plant and then the plants take over. Yeah. Which is that's... even even better. <laughs> The stage play that I saw, yeah, starring Joey Fatone from Insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was like uh, blood that squirted out, and everybody dies. I don't like, like the to world. Tease like about everyone their... in the world dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the plant wins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, really, there were no the there were no worlds left win. to conquer. Yeah. So yeah, Audrey too. I I just um, you know, being I being a sort of musical theater nerd kid a little bit, and also just. Yeah, come on. It's a plant that eats people and lives on blood. It's great. Yeah. Now, are you talking about just Audrey 2, the character in the play? Or are you talking specifically about the movie starring Rick Moranis? Well, I, I'm talking about all scenes and settings, not just... But but that okay. attitude carries through, mm-hmm. you know? And I think now any stage play done post-movie is doing an impression of the movie. So, right, right. Because yeah. I was thinking, because it's um, one of the four tops voiced Audrey 2 in the movie, so... That's going to have a huge impact on that particular character, the, the like super smooth, bassy, cannibalistic plant thing going on there. But I could see that you could do Audrey too in a number of different ways. It wouldn't necessarily have to be like that. 
Yeah, I, I, I think just the general attitude. Obviously, the Four Tops version, the movie version is the version that I think I close my eyes and see and hear. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, even even my high school production of Little Shop of Horrors, that Audrey 2, also terrifying and delightful. <laughs> but also because of the acne and the insecurity right. of that they, era. So They did a production of Little Shop of Horrors at my high school just like a couple of years before I was there. But there was the Audrey 2 puppet still lived like tucked in a corner <laughs> um, in, in the little cubby where you climbed up to the lighting booth. <laughs> just sort of... <laughs> Glowered at people from back there. Spookily there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, all right, Hillary, who's it for you? Okay, I'm a total scaredy cat. Um, as you'll hear in um, what, what we talk about next, what scarred me. So I really stayed away. I did a wide berth on monsters as a kid, besides Count Chocula. Um, and so oh, I was, we're getting to Count Chocula. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, I know. Um, but I was thinking about like, the stuff that I could tolerate as a kid and, you know, because I'm, I've been talking about this a lot because, you know, we all watched all these shows from like the fifties and sixties when we were kids, because there just wasn't as much available to us. I mean, we've talked about it a number of times and it was like, yeah, I fully watched like all of Gilligan's Island, all of the Brady Bunch, all of Donna Reed and, you know, all those shows. And I remember when I'd come home every day, um, it was like the Adams family. And then, um, What's the other one? The Munsters. Munsters. I and so I was thinking about that and I was like, Did I like anybody from the Munsters? And I was like, Well, I didn't really I didn't really vibe with them as much. I don't know why they didn't do it for me, but I really liked the Adams family and I was thinking, Why did I like the Adams family so much more? And I think it really was because they seemed very glamorous to me, even though they were mm-hmm. like spooky and, you know, kind of supernatural they rich they totally seemed Compared rich to the monsters and like yeah. not male- i mean not that the monsters were malevolent but like they seemed i don't know there was something about them that seemed very sleek especially morticia adams i just thought she was so glamorous she had a really cool dress she had long hair i always wanted long hair and she smoked i don't know like out of her mouth i mean like it wasn't there was never like a cigarette it was just sort of like smoke coming i don't know um (laughs) and she seemed to have a lovely marriage with her husband they seemed very horny for each other all the time Mm -hmm. and i don't know i just i liked the sort of nice like it was nicest like a sophisticated like kind of evil but not like pointed at anybody directly so morticia adams is my gal I never really even registered them as evil, just more like well, doing I, their own thing and being misinterpreted. Yeah, exactly. And there, I mean, I, I, I was like, is she, was she a monster? Well, I looked her up and she was a witch. So like monster, as we've discussed previously about witches, um, you know, they were, you know, targeted and, and, uh, harshly punished so i don't you know maybe not a monster necessarily but somewhat supernatural i guess uh, I, think, I think it counts yeah hey one second hold on this is a pause rory daddy's with Bridget, but he'll be <clears throat> home soon and you'll eat dinner but you can go take that okay hey you need to read though can you please go read just like read whatever's around yeah cereal Cere- okay, boxes yeah close the door some like world war one history <laughs> manual somewhere yeah yeah. What, baby? <clears throat> what? What's your what? Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry. <laughs> I could hear him like bubbling about and I was like, okay, wait, hold on. We have to solve this. Okay. Anyway, back to it. <laughs> All right. Christy, what about you? What comes to mind for you? 
Okay, I didn't know if this was a um, ironic answer or not, so don't be mad at me. Um, Grover is my favorite monster. That's not ironic. He is kind of a monster. Yes, he's explicitly a monster. He's a blue monster, yep. Um, That, and then Audrey, too, is my second, but Grover for sure. Mm, What is it about Grover that you love? Oh, he's just furry and lovable, and he's just everybody's friend, Mm -hmm. and possibly is an alien. Like, I'm not really sure (laughs) his origin. Um, I guess I never thought about that. I would I would buy Gonzo as an alien before yes, yeah, Grover. Right. Yeah. Sure. Totally. Yeah. And loves chickens, like, well, sexually. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's evidence of his alien yes, uh, nature. Like, maybe that's okay there. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, if the chickens are into it, I don't see what the problem is. Yeah. He's just, you know, fun. He's friends with everyone. He tries to help. Mm-hmm. He also has an alter ego that is a superhero. True super grover. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, he's really not very good at doing things, which yeah. makes him quite a, a bumbler and failer. Yeah, and those are like. But he's but he like bounces back, right? He's always positive. That's true. Yeah. Oh, what a yeah. what a good answer. Uh, all right, I I went a totally different way from all of you because even though I was the one who wrote this question, I was like. I don't know what my answer is. I don't really have a good idea of it. And so I just thought, all right, let's go with the first thing that comes to mind when I think of monsters. And then I immediately thought vampires and said no. And then Frankenstein's monster. And I said no. And mommy. And I was like, eh, that's boring. And then I thought of Wendigos. And I was like, God damn, those are scary monsters. And they're not as ubiquitous in monster culture as a lot of the other big ones, but it's definitely a genre, a genre <laughs> of <laughs> <Sorry>. monster. <laughs> genre. Did, can you explain what they are? So it it comes from Native American folklore, and there's been some unfortunate appropriation, cultural appropriation Shocker. with them. <laughs> Um, but it has to do with um, cannibalism. Uh, let me see. Strongly associated with winter, the north, coldness, famine, and starvation. And it's it's sort of like um, supernatural beings that appear um, when um, people have resorted to cannibalism a lot. And they can... Oh. Or, or they can... Uh, possess people and force them into cannibalism and it's sort of this uh never-ending hunger and there was a there's where is it this paragraph on the wikipedia uh um from an ojibwe teacher giving a description of a wendigo and they say quote the wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones with its bones pushing out against its skin its complexion the ash gray of death and its eyes pushed back deep into their sockets the wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave what lips it had were tattered and bloody Unclean and suffering from separation of the flesh, the Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition of death and corruption. I know, like, scary, right? Yes. Um, So I think when we're looking at larger meanings, I think it's sort of like about 
rapacious consumption, not just physical hunger, but um, I guess greed, people being overpowered by uh, greed. And uh, I just think it's really scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That and so it's uh, very scary. I, I like that. And there's something called Wendigo psychosis uh, that is, I guess, a real thing. Uh, a culture-specific disorder cannibalistic obsession symptoms included depression homicidal or suicidal thoughts and a delusional compulsive wish to eat human flesh I don't know so it's definitely a thing that's uh, building in popularity because there was that uh, movie last year called Antlers that I think one of the main characters was a Wendigo. Yeah. So I expect this to um, uh, continue. Uh, now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I can really go for some human flesh mm, right around now. Delish. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. All right. So beyond our favorite monsters, let's go for, I guess, our least favorite monster, which is which monster scarred you for life? And I guess since I'm talking, I'll just keep going. I think it was five when Gremlins came out. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I saw an ad or a trailer on TV and my mother had to sleep in my room for a week <laughs> because I was so terrified of the Gremlins. And I have never seen the movies because I can't. And I understand that they're meant to be more of a comedy than anything else. Mm-hmm. But they're so ugly. They're so, <laughs> so gross. Ugly. Well, they go from so cute to so gross. So disgusting. And right around that time, maybe a couple of years after, we somehow ended up with a book that was like one of those companion books to the movies that they used to do in the 70s and 80s a lot, where it was like a, Mm -hmm. a retelling of the screenplay. And then there would be a center section that would have stills from the movie in it and i don't know how on earth we got it because i don't see how my parents would have bought it and carl was a baby so i can't blame this on him and i don't see how i would have gotten it at the scholastic book fair maybe one of my stepsisters i don't know but this appeared in our bookcase and it freaked me out so much that i had to like put the book underneath the bookcase where it couldn't be found. And like every once in a while, I think my mom would find it while she was cleaning and be like, come on, fish it out and put it back in the bookcase. And I was like, no. <laughs> and I would have to hide it again. Uh, so I I was and still am truly terrified <laughs> of gremlins. I think that I just found, because I saw that in the movie theater, it was scary, but then it was on HBO and then I like kind of got over it. But I think I've found the origin of my um, phobia of holes. It oh. has to be from the gremlins because they're oh, born sure. out of their backs. Because <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered why I have that. And uh. ugh, it's all clear now. <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. That is really gross. I, it That's... certainly made a cultural impact. So yeah. good for them tripophobia right yeah 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 i can't even look up the name um because because if if you google image search right it just automatically pulls up all the pictures that would trigger it yep yep 
yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, okay, so so that's the thing I'm most afraid of, Bobby. What's I just, your I just monster? Image searched fear of holes, and the problem is it shows a lot of plant things, and then it shows a lot mm-hmm. of gross things that are not natural but are skin things. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. it just shows a pancake being cooked because of the bubbles. That I feel like that wouldn't affect mine. It's more centered on like clusters of holes, like um. Yep. Well, but it is yep. like when all the bubbles come up through no, a no. pancake. No, I get that, but that means like I'm gonna eat a delicious like thing soon. Yeah, but like that um, one doesn't bug me. But like a like a beehive or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would think it's less sort of like insects or spores. Yeah. Or yep. Stuff yeah. like that. Scales sometimes. Yeah, I've got to change this now. Okay. Um, (laughs) Mine is also inspired by an 80s movie. Uh, I think mine Uh, is as well. So welcome to 80s time. And it's um, Rachel Phelps from Major League, the owner of the Cleveland Indians. (laughs) No. uh, No ironic answers. (laughs) Played played by Margaret Witten. Actually, no. Uh, That poor woman, so sexually harassed by 50 men around her. Yes. Mm -hmm. Similarly, uh, an 80s movie that is really a a comedy, but um, because of my age when I saw it and not understanding what I was seeing, Beetlejuice. Oh, good one. In in hindsight, as a child, and what I mean is Winona Ryder's performance. No. um, As a, as a child, you know, now I look back and Michael Keaton is amazing. He's hilarious right? in it, yeah. Right? But as a child, you just see, like, this weird, you know, very awkward, very uncomfortable, very scary-looking character. Yep. And yikes. And the whole movie. I mean, everybody else in the movie, too. Uh, yeah. You know, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis are weird enough in their way. Um, when they go to uh, the, like, waiting room for the dead people, there's, like, mm-hmm. people right? with their, like... You know, the wrist cut. Yes. And, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And of course, um, Jeffrey Jones. Oh, God. Uh, Buffalo kind of native Jeffrey Jones, who is not Asian. He, he, yeah. he, okay, the movie that he scared, scarred me. God, he really plays, like, As played the a, principal in Ferris Bueller's Day. No, Off. I no, mean, I yes, he was a dick, but uh, the movie, <laughs> this is not my movie, but he, and he was a ugh, Howard the Duck. Oh, oh, I loved that. Oh, <laughs> he yeah. scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. His tongue was like a snake at some it point. It was so ah! dark and sexy, <laughs> yeah. like horny. It was so horny. Why was it so horny? I don't know. No. So, Beetlejuice. And now that I've said it twice, I'm not Uh-oh. saying it again. Oh, no. yeah. 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 Better not. No, I, I, that's a great pick, Bobby, because yeah. that is such a grotesque movie in general. And uh-huh. and and he is such a grotesque yep. character. And I, it, it's interesting because, like, Michael Keaton is such a funny actor. Yeah. Like, when did he get stuffed into those leading man roles? Was it with Batman? I think it was Batman Maybe? because it, and it's also Tim Burton. So he had worked with Tim Burton on Beetlejuice. And then um, and then I think he was like, oh, I think you could be Batman. And then it just became like Mr. Serious. I th- you know, he was a comedian. Like, that was how yeah. he started off right. his career. Yeah. And the other thing that I know... I mean, I know him from a lot of things, but the other things that I really love him in was the Kenneth Branagh "Much Ado About Nothing" yes, adaptation. He's so good. He's yeah, so good. where he, he plays Dogberry, and he's unhinged yep. in that in a similar way. 
to Beetlejuice, and uh, it's genius. It's yep. so good. But um, nothing will top his role as Ray Kroc in The Founder. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you know what my number one is. I mean, they knew. <laughs> they knew. Robbie. God, he just, he's so good in that. Oh, my God. He's so good. He is. <laughs> so good. Yep. Just uh, a little Michael Keaton appreciation corner on this particular yep. episode. Yep. All right, Hillary. Okay. Um, so this is, I, I meant to text my dad before this because I was like, I'm going to fucking roast you on this podcast. And I feel like I've told this a little bit, but um, this movie came out, I believe, in 1983. I'm setting the scene. My mom must have been out of town because she would not have allowed this. Um, I mean, my parents were permissive about what I see, but like not like this. And so it was me, my dad, my sister, Kristen, my brother, Matthew, Carter and Jennifer were, were, I mean, they were like probably being teens, like not interested in going to the movies with us. And we Mm -hmm. went to go see the Twilight Zone, the movie. Um, now, oh, now God. more famous for like killing several people on like, including Jennifer Jason Lee's dad, um, like several people died on the set of it. So that's a thing. But the movie begins with this like prologue and I had to go to the Wikipedia page cause I have never seen it again, but I, it's like so burned into my brain. This like it's Albert Brooks is driving and, um, Dan Aykroyd is the passenger. I don't know what's going on between them. And then, but all I remember is Dan Aykroyd says, do you want to see something really scary? And he like turns towards like his window and then he goes back and he goes, and he's like a monster Mm -hmm. or something. I think I jumped like in my memory, I jumped like high into the sky and into my sister's arms. I, and I, so in 1983, I was turning five. I don't think I was five. I was, you know, four years old and it just fucked me up. Like I was such a scaredy cat after that. So much so that there was a store in like our neighborhood shopping center called Emmy Moses. It's no longer there. It's, it was kind of like a Woolworths. I like I couldn't explain this to my kids these days. Like it was a five and dime store that sold I like candy, but also like women's underwear, but like not like granny pants, you know. But like also had school supplies. It was so yeah, like Woolworths, I guess, you know. Maybe Target, but obviously not as nice at all. But around this time, you know, starting in October, they would have masks out. And I was so scarred from that movie. Like, that is my, like, villain origin story. Like, I was so scarred from being scared <laughs> from that that I couldn't go into Emmy Moses. I mean, I guess we went to Emmy Moses, like, a lot. And I wouldn't even, like, walk by it because they had masks like displayed out and I was so scared of scary masks that I just like shut down. I did not enjoy Halloween. If there was any sort of frighteningness of it, I just like, it, it just scarred me. That whole monster scene scarred me so badly. I mean, did we stay for that movie? I don't know. Another thing that I will say, this is the thing. My dad is lovely. He is a wonderful man. So sweet to me. Very supportive. <laughs> when I would get upset, and I don't think I was, like, in trouble, but I would be upset about something, and I'd be whining or whatever. And he was like, like, you better be good, or I'm going to get the mask out. <gasps> <laughs> now I think it's hilarious, but at the time, I was like, don't get the mask, Daddy. Not the he mask. Didn't, he didn't have a mask. It wasn't like he, like, saved masks somewhere. Like, I think it was just this <laughs> looming threat, but, um, you know. Whatever. It's guarding. That's called desperation parenting, I think. <laughs> totally. Oh, I've made several threats. Christmas is canceled. We're done. We're done. The, my favorite one is like, 
they're being little assholes and we're about to like leave for the airport to go on a vacation. I'm like, we're not going on this vacation. Like there's no world in which I would like cancel a vacation, <laughs> but I have definitely threatened it in my worst times. So I've been there. You got to do what you can to keep your sanity, I guess. Yes. And I think that goes like I don't see scary movies. I mean, again, I saw Get Out, but I had to be like well prepared for it. I don't I hate what I hate the most, really, more than like even monsters, but monsters are often like entangled in this. I hate jump scares so much yep. that I could deal with almost like something creepy. But if there's a jump scare involved in it, like I don't even like at my elementary school, they would have a haunted house and the whole basis of it was jump scares because that's kind of all that they could do. And it makes me so mad. Like it doesn't even scare me. It just like makes me tense and angry um, that I just, I shut down. I can't do it. So I read the Wikipedia entries for any (laughs) horror movie now. I've done it a few times. Unfortunately, my response to my nervous response to jump scares is laughter when I get really scared, <laughs> which makes me so mad because I want to be like, I'm not laughing out of pleasure at this. I'm laughing because I'm scared out of my mind and Fucking it's angry. just a weird reaction. Yeah. Mine is to like punch somebody. One time somebody scared me and, um, and college, like my back was turned to the door and I was typing on my computer and this girl came and like smacked me on the back, not hard, but just to like startle me. And I chased her through the dorm and smacked her. <laughs> wasn't my proudest moment. So we call a proportionate response. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Christy, is it another 80s character? (laughs) Well, so normally it would be Freddy Krueger. Because, like, the only thing you do is go to sleep and then he kills you. But actually, this is moving up to the 90s. The thing that scared me and scarred me for life, and I will never go camping again, is the Blair Witch Project. Oh. Oh. Yeah. It was scary. And if you put yourself back into 1999, it was... When I saw it in the theater, that was probably one of the last scary movies I saw before Get Out, and it was really scary. Yeah, it was really scary. And we saw it opening weekend. It had a limited release, and they were saying that the... That it actually happened that it was like a documentary of course that like came out a couple weeks later that 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 wasn't true but like my friend and i went in thinking oh this is a documentary (laughs) all these people are dead and i'm never going camping again yeah just camp sorry yeah i i mean i don't know if i'm affected because i'm a weenie about scary stuff like hillary but yeah i thought it was freaky Mm -hmm. i did not I don't remember if I knew that it was fake by the time I saw it, but it's just really uncomfortable. And I'm very good at um, immersing myself into media like that. Yeah, and no. so, yeah, did not did not like. No, I didn't either. <laughs> oh, no. mm-hmm. I mean, because one of my biggest fears is getting lost. I hate it. And I'm really bad at direction. So it happens often. And so they're lost in the woods. And, and, like, if you dissect it, it's not really that scary. There's, like, the Blair Witch makes you stand in a corner. And, like, <laughs> there's, like, rocks and, like, twigs set up or, like, whatever. Um, so it's really not that scary. But how it's filmed and, I guess, just the mindset I was in got mm-hmm. me. But wait. Now, I, I haven't seen it since oh. I saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, but don't they die? They die. What, how, how do they die? Yeah. I but think didn't they? So. But there's something about someone being in the corner, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Like, like staring into the corner. Uh, yeah, uh, guys uh, does. Yeah, like yeah. like the witch is like, don't look at me, and then murders her. I don't know how to understand. Uh-huh. I, I couldn't, I never went back. Just, I can't. No, no. So like, that's no. why we don't put baby there. Exactly. <laughs> Even I looked it up to see what year it was, and I got re-scared just from the picture of the movie. <laughs> uh-huh. We're like re-traumatizing ourselves yeah. looking this well, stuff up. Because it's the uh, upper half of what her first name was Heather. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her last yeah. name. Uh in that blue beanie yep. yes. with those big blue eyes and, and flashlight down looking and so, so scared. So yeah. Scary. So scary. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> yep, that was a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. There. All right. Well, now that we know our favorite monsters and the bad monsters, let's talk about vampires. Because I think the vampire is probably the most all-purpose monster yeah and the, the question i want to answer is vampires why so sexy um, why so sexy do you really want to know i mean yeah. i mean i know all the obvious stuff but i don't understand how drinking blood got associated with sex but it's just it's interesting because i oh boy it's been a long time since i actually read the novel but i i don't think he was um described as being particularly attractive and so like when did we go from nosferatu to edward cotlin not that i think mm. that's sexy but i think they get you with the i want to suck your yep oh. and the penetration of the teeth and they're yeah. just they're just like walking sex right like huh so uh, it was sort it's of the blood then, uh, like right. dracula <laughs> was sort of an answer to like uh what is it victorian like don't have sex don't all this stuff and then you have this person who's just like oozes the forbidden forbidden the bodily fluids being um passed on (laughs) like all of it is just like a big metaphor Mm -hmm. coming at night um don't yeah just animalistic yeah it's just that i've never found vampires as a group to be sexy now specific people portraying vampires yes as i put in my notes antonio banderas in an interview with a vampire yes yeah very much so but in general i don't find it particularly alluring and it's just interesting to me that so many people are into it so you don't find it alluring or you don't see that they're trying to sell that these things are sexy these things these monsters oh I mean, I I understand that it's it's like it's like um, it's like how I feel about Keanu Reeves, as I've said before, like doesn't do it for me, but I can see how it would do it for other people. Mm. Not like Nicolas Cage, where I'm like, what is wrong with you people? (laughs) No, I yeah, it's it's it was never my thing. Like it was it was definitely never my thing until I had a sex dream about Robert Pattinson and then I was like, is it my thing? But I think oh, yeah. Christy. <laughs> no, Hillary. Hillary. I mean <laughs> oh, okay. sorry. Yeah. Because I assumed that would be a Christy thing no, no, a Hillary no. thing. It was behind Jacob I, all the way. See, that's what I'm saying. Now I I, I would be team neither of them mm-hmm. because Jacob was like sixteen years old and yes. I was a grown adult. But um, you're overthinking it in that case. I mean, this is <laughs> right. 
uh, because they're but vampires, so they're some hundreds of, them are of years hundreds old. Of years old. <laughs> yeah, they are cradle robbing to be with you, Anne. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, but not Jacob. Yeah, Jacob he's is... a werewolf. He's, All right, that's true. A, he's yeah, a baby right. werewolf, and <laughs> he's also um, not human. So, like, right, uh, <laughs> and not a good a- actor. No, and, no, no. Charisma free. Um, <laughs> he married somebody named Taylor. Yeah, two taste. Um. Uh, my favorite, my two favorite vampires are vampires for, and I moved these, these were probably would have been monsters, but then I moved them because vampire talk, Eric Northman from True Blood. Yeah. I loved uh, him because yeah. I read all you. those um, Suki Stackhouse books before it became, mm-hmm. and I was in love with them then. Um, and then um, for a very different Excuse reason. me, going, going to Google image searches. <laughs> right. <now>. Right. <laughs> And then um, Eric Northman shirt. <laughs> oh yeah, yep, right? yep, yep. And then um, my other favorite. Come on, Bobby, join me. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I, I I'm at a loss here. <laughs> my other favorite vampire, for a very different reason, um, is Nandor the Relentless because he is just goofy, silly, funny, but. The actor that plays him, um, Kayvon Novak, is hot. So Google him shirtless. All right. Wait. Nandor now, the Relentless. Now, okay. if, if I think that Kristen Stewart played a decent vampire, should I Google her shirtless? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah. She might no have crazy. been part of that leak. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I, my Kristen Stewart story is this, and oh, this will double as my vampire thing. I have no real frame of reference for vampire stuff. I really just don't. But uh, Sam loved the Tookie Stackhouse mm. stuff too, and I, yeah, whatever. Um, I saw Kristen Stewart in an indie film before Twilight, and so I was like, "Oh, she's pale and awkward." And she was then, a baby then, right? And then she was in the Twilight films, and I was like, "Oh, they found a home for pale and awkward." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It was like, I, it makes sense. She's perfectly cast for that. Um, yeah. So Dave, of of the people that live in my house, he is more the vampire oriented person than I am. I don't think he thinks they're like, se- well, maybe he probably thinks, well, she's a slayer. She's not a vampire. Um, but my only like step into vampireness was that I was so obsessed with Tom Cruise at the time that I pre-bought tickets for interview for th- with the vampire at like, this was before... I feel like stadium, like big cineplexes were a thing. Like by my house, it was more like two or three movie, you know, three house movie theaters. And we went out to the suburbs where they had one of those like big ass, you know, whatever, Cinemark 17 or whatever. And I, I mean, I think we drove 30 minutes to get to go be in. I mean, there's so many movies that I pre-bought, like Far and Away, Interview with a Vampire. Why was I so obsessed with Tom Cruise? But I was, and I remember being like mildly disappointed with that movie. I almost wish I, I should almost go watch it because I was so into him at the time that I was like, well, that was kind of disappointing. But I wonder if I would like it better now. I don't know. It was bad casting. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Cruise should have been in Interview with a Vampire. No. I mean... Little baby Kirsten Dunst, baby, it was fantastic. Yeah, she but was Tom a, Cruise is not a period actor. No, like his look does no. not mm-hmm. translate. He was cute and far and away, but he, he didn't look like he fit in the no, eighteen whatever. No. 
No. Except he has that weird boxer's body that it's like one block, you know. But yes, he does look like they always say about people like they look like they know what a cell phone looks like. Whenever Kate Hudson is in a <laughs> yep. period movie, it's like she knows what a yep. cell phone looks like. <laughs> <laughs> it just looked contemporary. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm not sure that I still entirely understand this. Maybe it's just because I, I don't get it. But I, I like I like a scary vampire, not not like a George Hamilton vampire. <laughs> Northman was pretty Pattinson pretty vampire. terrifying and also sexy. I didn't watch that much of True Blood. I mean, I think I watched maybe like one season. I guess I did not really like Sookie, and I did not really like Bill. Bad casting so. for both of those. If you read the books, like. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, but everybody everybody else I liked, but... Sam watches all of this shit, so I get it secondhand, like, if I'm in the room, but this, and she watches all the American Horror Stories, and... Uh, No, thank you. No. Especially from, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. from from mid-September through early November, she goes full into... We were watching some movie the other day on, like, TNT or something, and I was just like, what the fuck is this? I've I've never seen this. It was, like, a 90s horror movie i couldn't really tell anything about it except that it was very 1996 and um i looked it up on rotten tomatoes it had a 15 why what are you doing to yourself (laughs) (laughs) i i I should ask her which movie it was but she probably won't remember either but she just fully embraces like the shitty can't be terrible scary movies for six Mm -mm. weeks every year i mean i can't criticize the way that my Christmas movie watching has been documented on this show. <laughs> I just don't like being scared. Anyone can watch yes. whatever they yeah. want, but yeah. I will not be sharing that TV with you. Yeah. I think God, there was one what podcast was I listening to where it was like a you know, your generic bad movie podcast where they talked about a movie called Thanks Killing. Which yeah. was a k- killer turkey <laughs> that came to life and literally had a budget of like $3,000. And all of that was on the turkey. And it did actually sound quite delightful. Well, it's so stupid that at some point you're like, all right, I can, I can. I, I could get this. into Thanksgiving under the right <laughs> circumstances. That's the next movie watch along. Though I'm not sure if we could get that on like any of the streaming services. Maybe fully uploaded on YouTube, as far as I know. I'll have to look into it. Um, All right. So I don't even know if there's any content on this topic, but I just know can we talk about the General Mills monster cereals? Like, Hillary, your love for um, Count Chocula (laughs) is well documented. Yes, we did do a cereal show <laughs> where we talked a bit about uh, monster cereals, but there were so many other cereals we had to talk about during that time that, you know, maybe we didn't do this justice. But because I don't think I've ever had any of them ever. Sh- should should I buy a box? They're, they're not like good, but <laughs> I think... I think whatever, spend the three dollars or whatever it is for the General Mills price um, and try. Because I don't think they sell those in like mini boxes. I think those are only in the you know. Big oh yeah, boxes. No, you got to commit. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're. I think I've actually only had the Count Chocolate. If I had ever had Frankenberry, that would have. I would have been annoyed, and I would have been at somebody else's house, and then like I don't like this because I don't like strawberry or the berry flavored so- kind of stuff. Are the marshmallows like the Lucky Charms marshmallows? Yes. Yes. Ugh, yes. I don't like yes. those at all. Yeah. Like they're this. not really 
Yeah, they're not marshmallows. They're like crunchy, dehydrated yeah. things. Yeah, dehydrated marshmallows. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Great. Yeah. Way to, way to go. Yes. Um, I was looking at the Wikipedia entry for monster cereals and i i did come across this gem that i wanted to share by the way the the first two cereals uh count chocula and frankenberry were introduced in 1971 so they've been around for a while but uh then it says in february 1972 frankenberry cereal included an indigestible pigment that turned some children's feces pink a symptom sometimes referred to as frankenberry stool That's amazing. Uh, that's so, oh my god. We just didn't give a shit. Sometimes we were just like, whatever, put whatever in it. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Well, they were reformulated, so <laughs> they no longer can cause Frankenberry stool. Thank God. I almost want to make that the title of the show, but I will not. <laughs> but then, but then, like, I don't even get. The concept, I mean, I get the concept, but a blueberry flavored cereal just doesn't really appeal to me at all. No. And then what even is fruit brute? I don't know. And somebody said that that's been around for a while. I had never seen it. 1974. I have never seen that before. It was just the three that I was aware of. So when I saw Fruit Brute, I was like, what the fuck is this? What? I I believe Fruit Brute has a cameo. It has a famous movie moment in Pulp Fiction. (laughs) Yep. In Pulp Fiction and in Reservoir Dogs. Because apparently Quentin Tarantino has a thing. Yeah, it's a Quentin Tarantino thing. Yes. But as far as it goes, Fruit Brute was released in 1974, discontinued in 82. Ah. And replaced in 88 by Fruity Yummy Mummy, which was then discontinued in 92. Uh, Stop trying to make this happen, General Mills. It's not going to happen. Right, right. And then in August 2022, so just this year, Fruit Brute returns. But they've changed the spelling from the word fruit to F-R-U-T-E to... I guess go along with brute. Hmm. So, or maybe there's I, not I, enough fruit to be considered fruit. Right. Oh, that's a good thought. Truth in advertising. Yeah, like fruit by the foot, I think it's F R O O T. Now I want a fruit by right? the foot. Those are good. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I've had one since know, since I stole one or like traded for one in high school. <laughs> how how many feet are in fruit by the foot again? I I should remember from the commercials. I don't know. I feel like fruit by the foot really was like when I was a tween. So I was like I was more of a fruit roll ups kind of gal. That I didn't I didn't fuck with that. How many feet are in fruit? But I mean, hopefully, no actual feet. <laughs> um, and it's bringing me up a conversion calculator. <laughs> no. <laughs> Around three feet long. Okay. Wow. It's so, a lot of, it's a yeah. lot of fruit. Fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am trying very hard to come up with a box of monster cereal with like a celebrity who got canceled on it. <laughs> and I was um, like, did they make Ben Roethlisberger cereal? No, he only got beef jerky. Spacey's. Um, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. I mean, I found a box of Wheaties with OJ Simpson on it. Is that yeah, close enough? close enough. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, so the other thing that it says in the Wikipedia article is in 2021, it was announced the company would celebrate the 50th anniversary of the introduction of the monster cereals by releasing an amalgamated cereal entitled, da-da-da, Monster Mash. Oh. Uh, (laughs) I would try it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 
It'll be disgusting, but you know, it's, it'll be a good story. And what yeah, a transition. I, thank you. <laughs> uh, to this, this thing that's going around on the internet for a couple of years now, but it, it bubbled back up recently. And I just threw it in here as what I labeled bonus content. And I don't think we have to dig into it a lot, but it is worth noting that the monster mash is not the monster mash. And I can't get over that. Explain. Well, so the monster mash is not the monster mash. It is a song about the monster mash. It is not actually the monster mash. Hold on. While I Google monster mash lyrics for the third time today. (laughs) It's a graveyard smash. (laughs) I I understand it. It was, and it caught on in a flash, but here's the thing. So I was working in the lab late one night. Then my eyes would open an eerie sight from the monster from his slab began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. Mm. It caught on in a flash. He did the monster mash. The song Monster Mash is about, a, presumably, the song or dance, the monster mash. The dance. I would think the dance. Well, but it's not specific. <laughs> They did the monster mash. I guess it would be yeah. They did it, so it's a maneuver of some kind, right? They did something that was the monster mash, uh, but they never explain. But then later on, it says they played the oh. monster oh, so mash it's a song and a dance. I guess like never actually. Right. <laughs> the 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 song or maneuver that's mentioned is whatever happened to my Transylvania twist. Oh deep into the lyrics that's not the monster mash okay the song monster mash is about the monster mash but we never actually hear or see the monster mash so more proof that it's nonsense like most songs from that era yes yeah right and the coffin bangers uh were about to arrive with their vocal group the crypt kicker five which i assume is a ska band of some kind based on that (laughs) name So, anyway. so uh, that really is interesting that that we, we have, don't know. We have no idea what the idea monster what the mash, mash is. We don't it, know the tune or the moves or the right. whatever of it's the monster like, mash. It's like original Latin. Oh. <laughs> like Aramaic. Just, yeah, it's lost to time. <laughs> so the monster mash has been compared to ancient languages and the lombata in this conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As it yeah. should be. That's where it deserves to be in the canon. Yeah, uh, that's where this podcast really shines, <laughs> I think. A little high, a little low. You got to talk about Charles Kuralt again. <laughs> uh, all right. That's it. That's all I had on that. Well, there's a, we'll put, if, whoever's editing this week, because I don't know who it is, but it's, it's not me. me. Can, can you put the link in the show yes, notes, please, to yes. this article from inthenow.com? Monster Mash Investigation. <laughs> now we know. My brain. Yeah. This is what okay. we're spending our tax dollars on? Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Yes. Uh, and at this point in the discussion, you guys know what's coming. It's the question of the week. Please tell us what's your favorite monster. No ironic <laughs> answers. You will be kicked out of the Facebook group. <laughs> yeah. Or... I will <laughs> reply to your answer. Shaming no you. ironic <laughs> answers. <laughs> you will be publicly shamed in some way. That's it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what this show is about. Yeah. Public the possibility shaming. of public yeah. shaming. Uh, Don't be dumb. All right. We won't. <laughs> yeah, we won't shame you. Exactly. Out. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, all right. Moving on to TG Recommends. Mm-hmm. Okay. Obviously. 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 Come on, guys. Come on. My early birthday present. The night I arrived in Seattle at midnight. Well, actually, it was like 10 o'clock that time. I was like, I need to go to bed because it's like, I'm, I'm tired. And then I saw the tweets coming in. And I was like, I got to listen. I got to listen. Miss <laughs> Taylor. I was like, what are you talking about? And, and then I got there. I got there about 10 seconds into it. Yeah. That's how plugged in I am. Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm in the... My... my news feed is all sort of centered around this so i was very uh, filled in i was ready to go uh, miss taylor allison swift uh put out her 10th album and it's really good it is definitely like vibey she says fuck a lot Every, my dave sent me some tweet that was like it's like she just got permission to cuss <laughs> and she's like i'm gonna cuss i'm gonna do it um but it's really good i enjoy it i have nothing intelligent to say i've already listened to like several podcasts about it. So I have like other people's words vibrating around in my head and I'm trying to work out uh, a good opinion on it, but there are some definite songs. And if you think I am not, if you don't think I'm going to go out with a Taylor Swift song from this album, you're crazy. Cause I'm going to, I've already picked it. I know what it not is. Not the monster mash. Not the monster mash. No, actually it's called, and this is perfect for you. And it's called mastermind. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. That's good. I really liked it. It's really good. It's really good. I told her not to write a song about me. <laughs> she had to. Anyway, it's good. Okay. Uh, Christy. I'm just picturing her going, I bet you think this song is about you. <laughs> God, that's such a good song. Um, mine is a podcast series um, that is on the Armchair Expert, which is Dax, Pod, Dax Shepard's podcast network. Um called flightless bird and it's um a documentarian is that what they're called from new zealand got uh stuck in america he like came for some like documentary documentary reason and they got stuck here during covid and so he traveled around america like investigating things that are very american and so each episode is he talks to the talks to a co-host and um, asks questions like, "What what are your feelings about like I think last year week was uh, bottled water. What are your feelings about it?" And like then it goes into what he calls a docu- uh, documentary where he goes and he asks people. So he'll talk to experts. He'll talk to people on the street. Um, it's really interesting to see the world in America through his um, lens and see like. Oh, we do a lot of weird, fucked up shit here. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool. I, I, I really like listen it. to that. And he, yeah, what a great use of your time. He's super funny. Your own, your own country has COVID lockdown <laughs> right. so hard that you can't right. get home. Get home. Yeah, yeah. That's where I learned the term that teeth are called luxury bones. When they <laughs> talked about the American health system, I mean. As Bobby knows, he spent a Corolla's yep. worth on them. So yep. yeah, yeah. I mean, because they don't consider our eyes, ears, or teeth part of our body for health insurance reasons. So <laughs> nope. mm-hmm. paying for contacts constantly makes me yeah. crazy. I'm like, really? But like, I like ten cents of this is covered by my insurance. Okay, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to drive or function if I didn't have right. contacts or glasses. Yeah. All right, that was mine. Lame. Okay, uh, Anne. All right, I'm going to recommend a new television show from Hulu called 
reboot. Oh, I'm so excited. It, I really want to watch it. Which is the new project featuring our personal favorite, Rachel Bloom, the multi-talented, wonderful, funny, smart, incredible Rachel Bloom, who plays a writer, a television writer, who is rebooting a beloved, question mark, 90s sitcom. Think Full House. Think Step Right Up. Think Family Matters. She's going to reboot it with the original cast, who are played by, get this, Keegan-Michael Key, Judy Greer, and Johnny Knoxville. Of all people, so, like best cast. I have had no use for Johnny Knoxville in anything else, and he's, he's terrific amazing. in this yeah. show. Kind of playing himself yep. a little bit, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it works. And the original showrunner, who still retains the rights and thus thrusts himself and his ideas of what comedy should be back into the mix, played by Paul Reiser, who's doing a great job as well. And uh, it's real funny, guys. And the rebooted show is on Hulu. And this is a show on Hulu. Yep. So they're having they're having some fun. I know this is it. I'm glad you reminded me because the other day I was thinking I need to watch this is before Phil came out. But I was like, I need to find a show. And then I think I just watched like, whatever reruns of something mm-hmm. else. But that I definitely want to watch this. And I have a when I was like on maternity leave with Rory, for some reason, I got back into a, they were playing Mad About You on some channel. And I was like, this is a pretty good show because <laughs> it was just like on constantly. And I was like, I like this. I, I've always kind of liked Paul Reiser. I loved my two dads. Yeah. Yep. Uh, He's great. Yeah. Yeah. Although it was the other dad I had a crush oh, yeah. on. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> so you were not suggesting the Canadian cartoon from the 90s reboot no 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 in fact i was not (laughs) i watched that cartoon a lot as a kid because it was on a lot as a kid i don't remember much about it i just remember that it was like really really like cutting edge graphics at the time which now a google image search tells me is very (laughs) very clunky beavis and butthead (laughs) no but it's cgi so it's like very early cgi except except i googled reboot shirtless and now i'm (laughs) Um, i also have a tishi recommends recommendation and it is a kitchenaid stand mixer everyone should have one oh (laughs) yes sorry i think we all have it right yep yep um obviously i don't need to get into it in too much detail here but sam got me one for our 10th anniversary which was earlier this month because I've been bitching for 10 years that no one got it for us off our wedding registry. <laughs> if only there was a place we could get it outside of the registry. Oh, there is. Yeah. I mean, um. I, no, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they only sell it at Macy's on right? a wedding registry. But, um, Bobby, uh, she... now you have to participate in the next Baking with Anne. Yep. That's true. I have you a do. fully functional kitchen and a no stand mixer, choice. so I really can't Here. not. Yeah. Um, I made some blueberry muffins Monday night, and uh, mm. yeah. Just, I know you're like, wait, how how did I live my life before this wonderful machine? Yep. I've only used it a couple of times so far. I forget the first thing I did. Oh, it's like a box mixed cake or something. Just just because we Excuse had it. Excuse me? I know. <laughs> hey, I know. when you're when it's an emergency. When there's a cake emergency, <laughs> it's a good go to. I'm just saying. Yeah. 
Let's Sam likes box mix cake. I, you know, I only right. do as I'm told. Actually, right. I think I turn it into cupcakes and a cake because it's a lot. It makes a lot. Yes, it uh, but yes, I made scratch blueberry muffins. I would never forget with fresh blueberries. And uh, yeah, they're okay. I have a lot of them left. <laughs> mm, that's a terrible, awful yeah. problem. Yeah, problem. Exactly. What a predicament you have. <laughs> uh, and on that note, yeah, blueberries on sale right now. So, yeah. So that's what inspired me. We had blueberries and then I ate the blueberries, but then wanted to make the muffins. So I had to go buy more blueberries and everything else to get involved with the show. Find us at this show has everything.com. The Facebook group is uh, easily accessible by searching for this show has everything. The uh, archived show Twitter is at Tishy show. You can email us at Tishy show at gmail.com. Just like even Jeremy did. Although he sent a follow up to the other email address or whatever. Um, Send us your voice memo, as uh, Ted did, and uh, as Jeremy did, and we will air it. You can fax us your favorite monster at 617-354-8513. Find us at AOL keyword Tishi. And until next time, boo. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I laugh at that? (laughs) See, look, I got mad. at me laughing. Uh, that was everything about monsters. Ooh, spooky Halloween time. Once upon a time, the planets in the face and all the stars aligned. You and I ended up in the same room at the same of a hand lit the fuse of a chain reaction of counter moves to assess the equation of you checkmate i couldn't lose what if i told you none of it was accidental and the first night that you saw me nothing was gonna stop me i laid the groundwork and then just like clockwork the dominoes cascaded in a line what if i told you i'm a mastermind all by design Cause I'm a mastermind You see all the wisest women had to do it this way Cause we were born to be the pawn in every lover's game If you fail to plan you plan to fail Strategy sets the scene for the tale I'm the wind in our free-flowing sails And the liquor in our cocktails What if I told you none of it was accidental And the first night that you saw me I knew I wanted your body I laid the groundwork and then Just like clockwork The dominoes cascaded in a line What if I told you I'm a mastermind all my design Cause I'm a mastermind No one wanted to play with me as a little kid So I've been scheming like a criminal ever since To make them love me and make it seem effortless This is the first time I felt the need to confess And 